God is like a ruler who said to some attendants, bind that ill-prepared wedding guest hand and foot and throw them into the outer shadows where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Another cheery weeping and gnashing of teeth parable from Matthew. Gee, thanks, Matthew. I am not going to dive into every part of this parable, but I do want to dip my toes into that weeping and gnashing of teeth. This parable and other parables like it have a long history of being interpreted as God's eternal judgment and punishment. Eternally. But I have an entirely new thought on this whole weeping and gnashing of teeth business, in which it may have less to do with punishment and more to do with grace. It is, without question, a poetic interpretation, but I think it's interesting enough to share and test with all of you and see what we think. How might weeping and gnashing of teeth represent grace? Go with me here for a minute. The setting is a feast, part of a long and lovely tradition of imaging God's kingdom, God's beloved community as a feast, going all the way back to Isaiah's mountaintop feast of rich foods and well-aged wines, to Jesus' actual practice of gathering around pretty much any table with pretty much any kind of person and feasting together, to this feast in this parable. Now in this feast, in this parable, there is invitation followed by rejection. There is invitation followed by acceptance and full participation. There is invitation followed by ill-prepared lukewarm presence that isn't fully participation. There's invitation, invitation, more invitation, an abundance of invitation extended to honored guests, to marginal folks, to the good and the bad alike, to each and every person who could be scared up from the surrounding streets, an abundance of invitation followed by many and varied responses. Now, there's a long tradition, as I've said, of interpreting this and other parables like it as about the end times, the afterlife, the eternity. Even when there's some pretty obvious historical connections, like the burned city in this parable, so obviously alluding to the Roman destruction of Jerusalem, that the Matthean community has just survived. So this gospel is being written just after that experience. But I'm not going to go there fully this morning. What I want to say is that I'm not typically taken with pronouncements about what a thing reveals to us about eternity, about allegorical extrapolations of the final judgment or the afterlife, because I think we ought to be pretty careful about claiming we can know anything concrete about eternity and afterlife and God's judgment. While some seem to dig a fisticuffs, vengeful God who cleans everything up mightily at the end of time, 
I and many others are rightly super uncomfortable with the sort of divine anger that seems to be present here in this parable. God is like a ruler who said to some attendants, bind that underdressed wedding guest hand and foot and throw them into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, when I think of eternity as a final reckoning of some kind, I've been put off by that vengeful, angry, punishing, weeping and gnashing of teeth business. It sounds like hounds of hell nipping at the ankles of eternally tortured souls. So here's my new thought, and it's a poetic interpretation, as I have said, and I have to thank the brave women and a couple of men who gathered in this room on Monday evening for the service of lament for survivors of sexualized harm. Because when I think of those people who caused me and my beloveds such incredible unspeakable harm. Mm. I do not want them to burn and suffer for eternity. That's not what I want. But neither do I want them to get such cheap grace that they skip merrily into the kingdom feast. (sighs) The harm they caused but a little gnat that they flick away on the way in. Through some planning, some spontaneity, and a whole lot of Holy Spirit, (laughs) our service on Monday evening included some weeping and gnashing of teeth. And now I can't help imagine each perpetrator of harm being cast into that sort of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not hounds of hell but survivors, lamenting and raging, singing and snuffing together. I imagine each perpetrator of harm being cast into that sort of weeping and gnashing of teeth in order to fully confront the harm they have caused, in order to see the full human cost of their actions, their abuses, their violations. What if being thrown into a circle of weeping and gnashing of teeth is grace? What if each one, and now I'm going to include myself in this, what if each one in a final reckoning will confront the full truth of the harm we have caused? Not eternal torture or damnation, Not in order to clothe ourselves with shame and guilt, but in order to witness honest lamentation. In order to experience honest lamentation for the sake of transformation, for the sake of true repentance, for reparation of harm done, and restoration of wholeness for each one. What if the weeping and gnashing of teeth isn't the final stop on the journey? There is, after all, in this parable, that hyperbolic abundance of God's invitation. Invitation. And more invitation. Now this read is a poetic one. It's not orthodox in the slightest. And maybe it won't stand the test of time. I invite your challenges.
questions. But I thought it was interesting enough to share and test with all of you. Might being cast into a circle of weeping and gnashing of teeth be grace? If so, then I could get on board with a God who, like a ruler, said to some attendants, find that ill-prepared wedding guest hand and foot and throw them into the shadows where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And when they're truly ready for the feast, when they have borne witness to the harm that they have caused, when they've engaged in honest lamentation, when they have been at last transformed for reparation and the liberation of all, including themselves, please usher them back in. Let's sing. Let's sing all this pain together. On the back side of your blue song sheet, I will again invite some pastors and others to come and join in the singing with me.